So I do feel like we've been talking quite a bit about video games on the show recently. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I I fairly recently discovered and then started playing a game called it's just called Star Trek 25th Anniversary, or I guess like the official title like in the game like when you start the game itself is the Star Trek 25th Anniversary Enhanced CD-ROM. Okay. Which is it's a game from 1992 and it's like a uh, like a point and click adventure game that is actually really good. Where did you find uh, it? It's so it's uh I saw like a a streamer playing it and then like went and checked it out. It is on Steam. Like I got it on Steam okay. during their like summer sale um as part of a cuz it came as part of a four pack of like a bunch of Star Trek games made by Interplay. So it's this one and then it had a sequel called Judgment Rights, and then a couple other ones I haven't looked at yet, like one Starfleet Academy, which looks more like a like FMV type thing, mm-hmm. and then one other one which looks more like a kind of typical like command the ships and shoot at the other ships type of game. Sure. Um, but this one is very much just a like like you're just playing through like little episodes of Star Trek. Um, okay. It's fully voiced by the original cast nice um with the i will say kind of glaring exception of majel barrett um like there is a ship's computer and it talks to you and like has a voice and everything but it's like clearly not her it's just like some Hmm. game voice actor um but yeah everybody else the original cast and it apparently i guess like i read this and then the the sequel are actually like the last things that the entire cast was in together. Really? Yeah. Um, like, it's like the last time that DeForest Kelly played McCoy. Huh. Um, I will also say, going back to where it is, I I did look, it is also on, it looked like most of the, like, Abandonware sites. Okay. If you feel up to, like, messing with DOSBox. Yeah. But I got it because it was like, again, like, it was on sale and it was like part of this pack and I was just like, I'll just get it on Steam. Like I don't even know if Interplay still exists as a company, but yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. It, it it is. What's what's like the plot of it? So it it apparently the second one has kind of more of like an overarching plot. This one is really just like like it's broken up into these like kind of episodic missions where you like go to a planet and then like beam down with your away team and like have to like do a little like solve a little problem and then you finish and you beam back up to the ship and then they're like okay now like go to the next planet and do the thing Mm -hmm. um i mean it very much is a game from 1992 yeah (laughs) so like it's one of those where like like you really have to like download and use the manual because there's no sort of like standardized controls or anything so i remember when i first booted up i was just like i don't even know how to quit the game now like escape doesn't do anything like tab doesn't do anything and it's like because it's just like kind of puts you on the ship's bridge and you just, it's just like okay we're you know getting a transmission from starfleet and you like don't know how to do anything without the manual um, yeah it's like oh you have to actually like press k to open your kirk menu which your kirk menu <laughs> yes which both includes things like reviewing your captain's log and like beaming down to the planet but also is where you like save and quit which just like felt to me like kind of the like translation of the the thing from court martial where the three buttons on the captain's chair are yeah. like red alert yellow alert and murder yeah 
Um, <laughs> that, that may be our most referenced episode on this on this podcast. Is possibly it's great, but yeah, it's also I'm not good at those kind of like sort of like the Lucas Art style like point and click yeah. adventures. Um, so like I've done I've played through I think a little over half of the missions so far. And almost every time I do get to a point where I like get stuck because there's there's something that I needed to get that I either like didn't see or didn't realize was an object you could interact with. Um, but yeah, just like the the execution of it is just so good. Like it's just all the little things. Like you have like the like McCoy and Spock banter. Um, there's a bunch of little things. Just like when you're looking around, like there's little fun little like jokes or something where like you you know you look at mccoy and it'll be like dr mccoy one of the finest doctors in all of starfleet is wishing this mission was on a a less cold planet Um, (laughs) or there's a mission where you're like you're on like a a space station and you're trying to find the cure for a virus or something like that Mm -hmm. and you're kind of looking at all like the different people and you you like look at McCoy and it'll be like, Dr. McCoy is thinking about scientific formulas. And you look at Spock and it's like, Dr. Mr. Spock is thinking about chemical formulas. And then you look at the, like the red shirt that comes along with you. Yeah. And it's like Ensign Barry doesn't really know anything about chemical formulas. <laughs> um, it's just, all yeah, right. it's, it's really great. You're, it's, you're selling me on it. Yeah. And I will say like, as far as like, DOS games from 1992 go, it is still quite playable, like, once you learn the controls. Okay. And, yeah, like, I, like I said, I've, on most of all the missions, like, gotten to a point where I've gotten stuck and had to look up, like, a walkthrough to kind of, like, just get past a certain point, but it's just, yeah, it's just fun to, like, kind of explore around and, like, look at little things. It's, it's pretty short, like, all the missions are, are pretty short, mm-hmm. um, but it's just, like, yeah, like, I feel, like, very much captures that original series feel quite well so um i'm kind of talking about this for a a bit longer because i think on you know we we promise we like star trek guys but our last episode and i think this episode i don't think we have a ton of really enthusiastic things to say about the episode we watch so i know you might have more video game time than i do right now because i haven't really played video games very much at all for like basically this whole month but like yeah am i to believe based on what you're saying, that, like me, with Curse of the Kingdom, has Breath of the Wild perhaps failed to continue to capture your attention, or have you just finished it? I've, I haven't, I've almost finished it. I've kind of, like, I've stalled out at the very end for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just because I don't want to finish it, or, like, maybe I am, like, a little bit, like, uh, you said Kim is, we're just, like, the interesting part was all the exploration and now like the only thing for me left to do is just like go fight Ganon, which I'm just like, well, that seems less exciting to me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, for, I think like it was around the time that then like I got a couple things on the steam sale and just like got excited about other things at the moment. I will. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go back to breath of the wild and finish it out and like still, yeah, like it, it definitely like sucked me in for a lot, but yeah, I've just kind of gotten distracted with other things more recently. Okay. I've been actually, I've been, I haven't finished a game. I realized in like a good long while now. Um, cause I, I beat, I beat fire emblem engage at the beginning of this year. And then I started playing persona three and it was kind of losing me a little bit. 
and so then, and then I started playing Metroid Prime Remastered, which is a great, and I do want to finish. But yeah. then I hadn't finished it by the time that Breath of the Wild happened, and I started playing Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild is I don't know, man. It's not. It's not. I, it's it's not mm. what I have was yeah. hoping it would be. It's like it's still like I don't know. It's still good, but it's like I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and she was like, "It is good, but it is kind of tedious." And, I, and it's just like a weird thing to say, but I think that's that's right. Like, um, yeah, I think that that's the danger with any like game of like a very grand scale. Yeah, that I think somehow the first Breath of the Wild for the most part managed to dodge but i think any any game that big like there's kind of that danger where like they've included so much for you to possibly do that yeah. then you just feel like you are obligated to do all of it and then it becomes work instead of a game yeah and and it's, it's you know now i'm feeling very tempted to stop playing it because like, i don't like leaving games unplayed and i am like it's a good game i don't know like I don't think it's bad. Like I am enjoying like aspects of it, but I'm just kind of like, you know, I want to get back to playing Metroid and I want to play the Star Trek game. And there's other games out too. It's like the, that game is so long. Like, like it's so, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I've just been kind of, I've been, it's been languishing for me a little bit. Um, so we'll see what I actually yeah. finish it. That's fair. Hi everybody, this is Out of Contracts, a show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And uh, today we are talking about Prodigal Daughter, which is Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Season 7, Episode 11. Uh, It's written by Bradley Thompson and David Weddle. And directed by Victor Lobel. Uh, the memory alpha synopsis is Esri returns to her home to ask her family's help in finding O'Brien, who disappeared while searching for the widow of a dead friend. Now, um, I actually just noticed on this this uh, little perusal of memory alpha that um, the episode is not called The Prodigal Daughter, it's called Prodigal Daughter, which to me means that, you know, maybe next, next season, whenever that happens, because uh, obviously the writers and actors are on strike right now, but maybe discovery in its final season can have an episode that's just called, that's called the prodigal daughter. It does seem like the, the sort of thing that's happening now in, in star Trek. I mean, it's been happening for many, I think it's been happening for, for quite some time, (laughs) but, uh, that's fair. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just, just called prodigal daughter. So we are setting up for like an article, an article version of this, uh, of this episode. Um, That's right. And hopefully I'll like it more than this episode, which I did not care for. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Uh, yeah. I want to, we haven't had a DS nine episode in a, in a bit. It feels like, and so I was really excited to get to one. And then this one, I was not, wasn't really bringing the juice. <laughs> it didn't do it for you. For um, but I don't know. We are after this, after this record, uh, we are going to be picking, our next like 11 episodes. So yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get one. I'm looking to see, trying to figure out what the last time we did a uh, DS nine episode was. Yeah. Last time we watched a DS nine episode was, um, it has been a while. Yeah. The alternate. It was that episode where like they find that weird, uh, like statue. Um, yeah. That has that, to do with it's. it's we so, really yeah, have a with, lot of parenting episodes lately. <laughs> it's that's the one with, um, that's the Mora one. Yeah. Uh, right? 
that episode was good though. Like I, I, I remember, I, I liked that yeah, episode. No. Like, yeah, that, I, that was a good definitely. father, father son episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this one uh, is kind of a little similar to our last episode, where it's like about like one yeah, character as a sort of they... behind the scene things. I think we've talked about this before that we like we usually record two of these at a time. Yes. Like we'll watch we'll watch two episodes and then record them kind of back to back on on one call. Yeah, and they're usually and they're, like, as we record the 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 first episode of the month. And then the second episode. So, like, every time, like, yeah. the two episodes in a month that you hear are the two episodes that we recorded that month. You know, with the exception of, like, specials. Yeah. And it is it is kind of interesting, like, which ones come together. Because, yeah, this this time we, so we did, like, just watch kind of and talk about back-to-back, like, this episode and, and then the Icarus Factor, the one that we did last time. Which are just both very, like, family, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And may, maybe it's just, like... Because I am, like, happy with the relationship that I have with my parents and, like, think that they did a good job of being parents. <laughs> like, the, yeah. neither one of these really resonated with me personally and would with, like, people that wanted to be Hollywood screenwriters, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has, like, something of, like, a weird relationship with their parents over time because, because like, even if your parents met well, like, you know, everybody everybody does stuff to their kids on accident. You know, I'm doing stuff to my kids on accident yeah. right now. I'm sure, like, yeah. it's just, like, unavoidable. And, and like, that... and Turn and out I, a different person than you were when you were a kid. And all, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think that DSI episode is actually kind of about that, right? It's about how, like, this guy met well... The alternate, you mean? Yeah. The... Yeah, the, the alternate. It's, this guy meant well, but he kind of did some stuff that he shouldn't have done, and, and, like, Odo has, like, a complicated relationship with him now. Like, but, yeah, it's, like, obviously, yeah. I know there are some people whose parents are nightmares, but I don't think that's really either of our experiences. <laughs> and so... Yeah. And, and I think even maybe, for to me, I know you liked this episode more than our last episode, our, which it was um, the Icarus Factor from, from TNG, but... I think that maybe this the mom character in this might be even more broadly drawn than than the dad character in the previous yeah episode. Yeah. I was just thinking about like when when Ezri gets to her house at the beginning and then her mom sees her and just says, "I hate your hair." And then I I was just like, "All right, uh-huh. it's going to be it's going to be like this, huh?" Like <laughs> Yeah. It's a big tone setter for the the episode for me. That's yeah, I think that's that's quite accurate. All right, well, why don't you why don't you why don't you take? Yeah, this? <laughs> so this is an episode where so this is in, I guess to kind of set because it's it's probably been quite a while since we've talked about season seven as well. Like I don't think we've had an Esri, or an episode with Esri Dax in it for a really long time. Yeah, which I uh, I kind I of forget know. that she's in the show. <laughs> No offense to Nicole DeBoer, who it's like fine. I think she's like, she's way like more goofy and broad, I think, than Jadzia is. But I just love Jadzia so much. And so like nowadays yeah. when I see a season seven episode, I'm just like, no, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. I don't know. She's fine in this. I don't, I don't think she's the problem by any means. No, no, not at all. But yeah. So, so basically Ez- Ezri Dax is the, after Jadzia is killed off at the end of season six. Ezri Dax is kind of the next host of the Dax symbiote. And so there's definitely, like, I think episodes of season seven, at least one I can think of that we've seen about sort of like her kind of coming to terms with 
that and like the other people on the station coming to terms with like there's this new person here that's kind of the same person as Jadzia but also different and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, like I think we watched one episode where like they kind of focused on like how Worf deals with it um, that I think was pretty good yeah uh, but yeah in this episode she is like O'Brien has kind of gone missing or like went off on a secret this one I, I assume there's context for all of this but like O'Brien went off on like a secret mission to track down the wife of someone that he was like undercover with or like in a prison with or something like that that like there's like some shady stuff going on with the the orion syndicate which is like a like galactic crime gang yeah there's a previous episode that's about this that about o'brien like meets this person and then like finds his wife like i don't remember exactly how it works but it's just it's a very like o'brien centric episode i don't remember loving it but i remember liking it more than this um sure by the way just 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 for context this is only the third, from what I can tell, only the third season seven DS9 episode we've done. The last one that we did was our twenty seventh episode, so that was like, oh wow, like three, three, three and a half years ago. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was about three and a half years ago that we that we did that one. I think when we recorded that episode, it looks like it published in March, uh, twenty twenty. So this is like. That was probably like one of the last episodes we recorded before uh, my mental health took a extremely bad dive for about a year and a half, um, just because that was yeah. our like that we it was recorded before but published after the pandemic started. Um, yeah. So, I'm I'm in a better certainly I think by the time this episode publishes I'll, I should hopefully I'll be in a, a better uh, state than I was when that episode published. <laughs> but anyway sorry go on um, but yeah so anyways um we swear we yeah, talk, we so like star trek we like talking about it you know it's yeah it's, it's, we have lots of great episodes where we can't stop talking we about talk about star trek how much we like the episode we're watching so this well the next episode i think will the next episode we talk about i think uh, i know you like yeah. you you like that episode quite I, a bit, I like I this one so. i think more than you did yeah or that that one maybe yeah. also this one okay but yeah so so anyways um, so O'Brien has, has kind of gone off, like, investigating this thing, and Bashir is starting to get worried and miss his friend, um, which is very cute. And so they kind of start investigating, and they find, like, he went to a planet called New Sydney, which also happens to be where where Esri's family lives and sort of runs, like, a, a major, like, mining business of some sort there. Did I miss why it's called New Sydney? Because, like, it feels like the reason why they want it to be called that is because it's, like, kind of like the like kind of a frontier. Sort of like frontier colony. Yeah. But then, like, it doesn't really appear that, like, aliens live there. Or the, 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 the humans live there, I mean. Like... Uh, yeah, I don't think there are any humans. Like, there's... I, I think we, all, the only human we see is him, is O'Brien... Is O'Brien? Yeah, but then, but like, yeah, because like, why uh, would it be named as New City? Then? Esri's family is Trill, and then like the like police or like some other yeah kind of like Star Trekky alien. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand yeah. why it's called that. Um, it's a good question. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, and so Cisco asks Esri like, "Hey, can you 
you know, like, ask your mom for a favor if she can, you know, she has a lot of influence on this planet. Can she, like, find out anything about O'Brien? And The one Cisco scene in this. Yeah. Bum me out. And, and so Esri calls her mom, and she's like, well, the only way I'll help you is if, like, you come home for the first time in seven years or however long it's been. And Esri's like, but mom... And so, so Esri, like, goes back to visit her family for the first time in a long time and also, like, try to kind of continue the search for O'Brien. And so then we're introduced to her two brothers, who are not great actors. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, um, also, though, you just, you just made me think about, listen, here's my pitch. Star Trek fourteen, The Search for O'Brien. I mean... <laughs> I mean, they they can't figure it out, you know. Like they, I would watch it. Yeah, they 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 haven't been able to figure out what to do yet with it. So maybe that's as good of anything. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they also can't can't figure out a way to find anything to do with O'Brien, despite I know I know the shows they're making now. It is a travesty that he hasn't been in any of the shows, other than like the one little Easter egg at the end of that Lower Decks episode. So I could be wrong about this. I think that. Maybe he is not super interested, because he's like, no offense to like, I'm not really I, I shouldn't really say this, but like, he's a real actor, not in like the, he does other stuff, yeah, like like he does other things. He's like in movies that like he has like a creative stake in and stuff. I think he's just kind of like Star Trek was like a job that I did, which is funny because yeah. like there are so many other actors who that's not true of who are on fewer episodes of Star Trek than he is, but um. But I, yeah. I saw an interview with him recently where he's just kind of like, yeah, he's like, yeah, just like an actor. And, you know, like when someone mentioned Star Trek to him, I was like, oh, yeah, that was good, you know. Um, yeah. But. Uh, that's that's fair if he wants to yeah. kind of like. And like respect, you know, like I, I think that's yeah. that's great. Um, Although, I mean, like I, I remember reading stuff about like Robert Beltran was, I think, a lot like that as well. And he's come back and done like some little bits for Prodigy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that he may have done in like one day of in the studio recording, but yeah, you know, anyways, so she meets her brothers. And so there's, are, is, I, I guess, I, do they ever really establish like the order of them? I mean, I know like, is, uh, is, the, is she like a middle child and like the younger ones younger than her and the older ones older than her? That's sort of how I like, I think interpret so, it, but I don't know if that's actually the case, but there's the younger of the two brothers is I, a punchable, I mean, a, a punchable person. Uh, yeah, that that's like a troubled artist. Um, I don't know. I I read his character as having like undiagnosed and untreated ADHD at the very least, and like maybe other like he's just kind of like vaguely like I don't know that they necessarily wrote him that thoughtfully. Um, I don't think so. But yeah, like he. He wants to be an artist, but he's, like, too critical of his own work and sometimes gets drunk and makes bad decisions. He draws a stick figure on one of his paintings. Yeah. And then there's her, the older brother, who is kind of the, like, responsible one that's sort of gradually been taking over the family business from her mom. Um, Who's just, like, her mom's very, like, type A and controlling. Um... She's not not even. I, she's controlling, but she's also just kind of like even more than being controlling. She's just really critical because like yeah. she is just kind of like at, at a certain point when she's talking to the older brother, she's just like, "Well, look, I expect you to like 
fix this problem. Like I'm not I'm not going to tell you actually yeah. how to do it. Like I, I'll tell you some some things, but like you just need to figure it out. You know. Yeah, because yeah, now he's he's sort of like the kind of like managing the company for the most part, but the younger brother is doing all of the accounting essentially like she keeps telling him like oh have you like reviewed the books for last month yet and he's like no i'm working on it i will um and she's like well hurry up and finish it and then that i think it's like the first scene where kind of the whole family is together and i thought was a little bit of an interesting like they kind of set an interesting thing up that i don't know is ever fully like played out but there's just the like dynamic of that I think was like the closest it felt to a real family of like the, the, like there's one child who's clearly the favorite who is also happens to be the one that is kind of the least interested in being around. Yeah. Cause like the other two of them are the ones that are like still presumably like living in their mom's house and are both like working in the family business. And like, she comes into the room and like to both of them, she's just like, go like, take care of the stuff I asked you to take care of. Come on, why is it taking you so long? And then, like, she turns to Esri, and she's like, come in, have dinner. It's, like, I can't believe you've been gone for so long. Why didn't you come back? Like, yeah. Esri, I think, is clearly, like, her favorite, but also, like, the one that kind of can't wait to leave and go back to Deep Space Nine. Although the two sons don't really like living there either, it seems like. They're yeah. They're just kind of like, they're, they, they couldn't, their their obligation outweighs their desire to, to leave, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess going back to the title, it is that is kind of what happens in the Prodigal Son too, right? Is there's like the brother who is just like I've been here like working for you this whole time, and you just kind of take me for granted. And then like the Joker who wasted all your money comes back for one day, and you throw the biggest party you've ever thrown. Yeah, and, and then there's um, the third brother who commits a murder. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> That that got cut out of the final draft of Matthew. Right? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus was like, you know, this is. Uh, it could be tighter, you know. Like, let's. let's yeah, uh, it's it's kind of getting a little. Yeah. We're, we're we're sort of putting a hat on the hat. Yeah, it's got it's got third act problems. This parable. <laughs> this parable. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we're we're very sorry to our no. our handful of listeners. Um, well. We'll be back to form soon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then there, there's a little bit of a conversation again. Like they kind of, it. This one I think like tries to touch on interesting things every now and then, because they also it is I think also a little bit of a look into, because I know that like like not all trill like only a few trill sort of get to be, joined, like or like able to be hosts of the symbionts or like trained to or something like that. Yeah. And it is interesting that like. It, it it does seem like there are also, like, the rest of the Trill who just don't care about that and, like, have no interest in it and just sort of live normal lives and, like, run businesses on off-planet colonies and stuff like that. And, like, are kind of annoyed that Esri keeps talking about it. Yeah. This is, I think, like, the one thing that kind of got me a little bit interested in this, in this part of the plot anyway, like, is that, like... There's a little bit of... I don't even know that really the people who are writing the episode, they probably weren't intentionally doing this, but it's making me think a little bit about, like, kind of sexuality, like, stuff, you know, stuff yeah, stuff I mean, that it, happens sometimes. It's just like, I can't remember, you know, like, I get confused about my pronouns sometimes, or, like, yeah. her mom, like, dead names her a couple of times, or, like, that kind of thing. But, like, but also just, like, the... 
I think the the trill stuff is very interesting, like how that stuff works, and uh, just like the stuff where it's like she's kind of like, well, you guys don't, you know, you you guys basically are, are treating me kind of weird. And understandably so, in a way, because like I, I am different to you now. But also that she was, she's like, but you never really knew exactly how to treat me anyway, you know, like, like which is that it yeah. did kind of feel like this thing of like, yeah, like I think people who are not accepting of their kids or just don't know how to deal with that kind of thing, like if they can sense that there's something different about them, like that's even before like they come out, you know, like it's going to there's going to be like yeah, problems, gonna, you know, like, never fit the like. Yeah, sort of what they wanted them to be, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that part. Yeah, no, I think that it, it it does, and like I don't know how much of that is kind of projecting onto it. The like it makes you start to think about a lot of interesting things. Then you're just like, well, that is interesting, even if they, I don't know how much they really go into it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I w- I did wonder, is there like a storyline? Because she says something about how like not all Trill have such a hard time like adjusting to like all these different, keeping all their memory straights and everything. And like, is there some storyline reason why like that is harder for Esri or is it just like a um, make her character more like quirky? I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's like, if anything, they're just kind of like, cause you, you usually like, there's a program that you have to like be a part of to become a, a host. And they say earlier in this episode that like, she didn't go through the program. They had to put it in her because, like, there was just nobody else around when Jadzia died. Oh, because Jadzia like, was, like, dying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why she's a little bit more scatterbrained, I think, is just because, like, she wasn't, like, a candidate. Or at least if she was, she wasn't very far along, you know. Um, oh, okay. So she wasn't kind of, like, didn't have as much, like, training for it. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and so then there's, like, a few scenes of just kind of, like, the sort of, like, family dynamic that's going on and then they end up finding like the police bring in o'brien and they're like oh yeah he was like beat up by the orion syndicate and he's like yeah i think the orion syndicate like murdered this like the wife of this guy that i was trying to track down and so he's like well we still have to like keep investigating this and then they recruit him to like because like one of their mining drills is broken and so the older brother takes him down to to look at it and try to fix it and then they run into one of the guys from the orion syndicate i'm not bothering to remember anyone's name in this episode. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> like there's brother and other brother and criminal yeah. guy um yeah who kind of like knows who he is and that he's from starfleet and then like very much gives the impression like he's blackmailing this other brother with something. Um, and he's just like, you know, this guy needs to leave right now. And I think what they, what they end up sort of hinting at enough is that like the reason all of like their business has been like having trouble and like equipment is breaking down is sort of the, like that they're getting kind of leaned on by the Orion syndicate. And that's sort of how they do business is they just like, they don't ever do anything outright but they'll just like make life so hard for you that your company ends up failing Mm -hmm. if you get on their bad side and so he kind of like threatens him and blackmails him and then (laughs) the brother like in the most ineffectual way possible just like comes into o'brien is just like you should leave now yeah um i think that would be good yeah and then like 
O'Brien gets suspicious and like him and Esri start kind of like looking through some computer files and they find out that the woman that was murdered actually was like on the payroll of her company or her mom's company. But like, it wasn't totally clear like that she was actually doing any work for them. And then she was kind of getting paid more and more right up until the point when she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of like bring the whole family together and are like, okay, we need to figure out what's going on. And the older brother first sort of confesses that he like he made a deal with the Orion Syndicate to like drive one of their competitors off. And then like as part of that deal, they like forced him to hire uh, this lady. Cause she like basically what they say is like the Orion Syndicate always like takes care of the like families of people that work for them. And so, like, her husband had been part of the syndicate, and he died. And so, like, this was kind of their way of, like, making sure that she would be set up and comfortable in, for the future. And so they were they basically told him, just, like, just put her on the payroll, pay her every month without having to do any work. And then she kind of kept, like, demanding more and more money. And the older brother's like, but then, and, but then she disappeared. And, like, I don't know what happened to her. I promise you I didn't kill her. And then Esri figured, like, is sitting with her younger brother or the and kind of starts to get suspicious of him and he ends up confessing like yeah i you know went to talk to her to convince her to stop doing this and then she wouldn't and then i like thought well maybe if she died then all my problems would go away and so i killed her and so he gets taken off to jail and then esri goes in to like see her mom who's just like is this all my fault for being a bad parent and esri just like doesn't say anything and leaves which is i feel like the worst way to respond to that yeah like no degree of attempting to like comfort her and be like no like you are not responsible for someone else deciding to commit a murder yeah um like i get that you were like too critical of your kids and like demanded a lot of them but like the the brother just has like a very has a very kind of like I don't know, cliche, like kind of like crazy serial killer. Like uh, it's a, you know, it's like, yeah, like you, you like smile. You said I was too weak to handle the tough ones. I'm not, I proved it. I handled a problem that you couldn't, I handled it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she stays, does anything happen at the end? Like she, she says like she stays long enough for like the, the trial and then ends up coming back to the station and yeah. sits down with O'Brien and kind of unpacks a little bit what happened. Yep. And, like, basically she's, like, everyone was, you know, so, always so, like, critical and demanding of him. And, like, he just wanted to be an artist, but everyone always told him how bad he was. And that's why he did this thing. <laughs> and, like, it's as much my fault as anyone because I, like, should have been there for him. And then that's like the end. <laughs> I did. I did like when when she was like, he got thirty years in prison. Then O'Brien's like, well, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but he deserved it. <laughs> like, yeah, which is like he was yeah, like, I don't know, maybe you don't agree, but he got off easy, like like or less than he should have gotten or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, yeah, that's that's fair. That uh, he killed someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about this one. Yeah, I don't know. I liked the like the little CG kind of matte painting thing that they did for the Tegan house. I thought that looked kind of cool. It's like yeah, this, uh, it was it was real pretty and sort of like kind of like 
suspended over air. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not, yeah, you're right. Not, not a lot to say about, about this one, about, about either of these last two. So, uh, yeah. Um, but you know what? I believe in us. I believe that, uh, next month we can come back strong with our first ever prodigy episode. Uh, you know, dependent on us being able to find and view prodigy, but, uh, you know, I have some, I have some methods. So, uh, anyway, well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we do come out every other week. And as previously mentioned, we are uh, in two weeks. We're going to talk about time amok, which is prodigy star Trek prodigy season one, episode eight. Um, so you can check that out. I guess just episode eight, right? Well, right. Well, actually, they're 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 working on they're working on other seasons. So I think we'll have two seasons of it. Um, but uh, yes, episode eight, and um, you can watch that along with us if you can find it. Uh, and if not, you can just hear us talk about an episode of Star Trek that you didn't watch, or maybe you watched it at the time, or I don't know. But uh, you can check, check us out on Twitter at Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. You can follow us. Or you, can, you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can just check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's SNL Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye.